Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to an episode of Frank's Unsolicited Advice. I'm looking for a hat to put on, and I got a Yankee hat next to me, but I wouldn't look right with a Patriots shirt on. So I guess I'm going hatless today. Um, oh God, listen, I was on the phone with my mother, and I was talking about relationships and marriages and stuff like that, right? And it's because uh, you know, obviously, when we go through personal things, it creates a lot of different thoughts. Our mind goes flowing. And we're just, you know, you're trying to make a sense out of everything and, and and come up with different answers and solutions and why people do the things they do. So in my household, you know, I had the privilege and still have the privilege of seeing two people be together uh, this long. And when I mean this long, my parents have been married for 44 years and been together five years prior to that. So you know, uh, that's that's almost 50 years of, of being together, you know, of being with someone in their life, trying to, you know, make the best decision, make it work. Sometimes when it's ugly, sometimes when it's not, but you're there, you're making it work. You're not giving up on your partner. You're, you're, you're there doing what you have to do to make it work. Um, you know, my father, it, he's not alcoholic. My father was, just likes to have his drink. And my mom always had an issue with that. You know, she always had an issue with Francisco having his drink and, and you know, or drinking too much. And he wasn't a belligerent drunk. No, he just fall asleep. You know, he just have his drink, fall asleep and uh, um, watch wrestling on the TV screen. He'll fall asleep. That's what he'll do. He wasn't abusive towards us. He wasn't uh, anything like that. You know, he just have his drink and he'll fall asleep on the couch or he'll go to a chicken spot down the street and get some chicken, eat that and ice cream and pass out. That's what he would do. I mean, but my mom felt that sometimes it was an excess. So, you know, she has something to say about it. Rightfully so, you know, as a wife, as a spouse, that's what you're supposed to do. And, you know, I also grew up seeing my, my, my father's sister, my aunt Elsa and my uncle Edwin, who, had their ups and downs, their share of, of issues, the drinking, the smoking, uh, other things that went on, and they fought through it. You know, sometimes uh, people could say, ah, oh, she was scared to leave because she didn't have anything or she wasn't, you know, strong enough to leave. In today's society, that's considered weak by somebody. Oh, well, you stay with somebody, you're weak. You, you're not strong enough to walk away and, and, and um, you know, start over. You're a weak person. It's not weak. It's easier to walk away. It's harder to sit there and fight and make it work. Believe it or not. Today is like everybody's so quick to just, hey, you know what? You go into the relationship with the exit plan already in today's society. Um, one more example of, of 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 people that fought to stay together is my uncle Pablo and my aunt Miriam. And my uncle passed away, uh, I want to say when I was recruiting. I can't remember the year exactly. But I was recruiting for that in New York. So it had to be between 2002 and 2006. My uncle passed away of a, a brain tumor. It was malignant. It kept coming back. And it took him out. What people don't know about my uncle is that for many years, over maybe 10, 15, 20 years, he struggled with heroin addiction. Um, I didn't know that growing up at the time. I found out later when I was older. I mean, I knew something was weird. But hey, you know, as he'd take me to WrestleMania. He would take me to the park. He would spend time with me. So I, I never saw that side of him, all I saw was a man that took care of his home and, you know, provided for his family. My uncle worked. He was functioning addict for as long as he could function. You know, anybody who knows anybody has been on a, that's addicted or been in 
addict or knows or is on drugs themselves or any kind of addiction themselves, eventually the addiction takes a hold of you and you can't function like a normal person. And that's what happened to him. It just got to the point where he couldn't manage it. But what people don't know is that my uncle was married. He raised two daughters that weren't his and he had two sons with his wife that were his in the midst of that addiction. Um, I saw my uncle go to work, sometimes come home, give his wife a check. Um, she paid the bills, buy panties, buy whatever she needed to buy for the girls and the boys, and and guess what? And then he take whatever he need, and he'll go shoot up. Um, I saw my aunts, my aunt and my, my aunts from my you know my mother and my aunt Kana and everybody find my look for my uncle sometimes in in abandoned buildings. Um, not that I was with them, but I heard the stories. Uh, he would get arrested for buying drugs, and you know they had to bail him out. Um, funny story, which isn't it's funny now. At the time, it wasn't. She was pregnant with one of my cousins, and he comes out the window, calls my mom, and my mom's in my aunt Kana's house, and he's like, oh, Lillian, I need money to take Miriam to the, you know, to the hospital because she's about to give birth. The water broke. So my mom gives him, like, 40 bucks, and, you know, hours go by. We haven't heard from him, so my mom calls the house to ask my cousins who were older, his daughters were older at the time, to see if, if you know, she gave birth yet, if they heard anything. And Miriam answered the phone. And my mom's like, hey, what are you doing? I thought you was giving birth. She's like, man, I, you know, what you mean? I'm, I'm nowhere near about to blow. Just, I, I wish he would come, but I'm I'm not giving birth. And, you know, then they laugh and they say, oh, he got us. And, of course, he went somewhere to shoot up and do drugs. And I didn't think about this until today I was talking to my mother about marriages and, and the struggles that we go through and how today's society, people are very quick to give up. People are are so fast to just say, I'm done. I'm I'm over this. I'm gonna find somebody new. I'm gonna find somebody else. Or or they do things to get back, right? Like like it's gonna make it better, you know? You know, oh well, you you're disrespecting me, so I'm gonna disrespect you. Or you went out there and cheated, so I'm gonna cheat on you. Or you're not loving me like I want, so I'm not gonna love you like I'm supposed to love you because you're not doing it. And the whole time we have the power of choice and we're making our situations even worse. And I didn't see that with my parents. I didn't see that with my uncle Elsa, with my aunt Elsa and my uncle Edwin. I didn't see that with my uncle Pablo and his wife Miriam. I didn't. Those are three marriages I'm using that I saw growing up where I saw people working at it. And different struggles, right? Different, different struggles. Obviously, um, my uncle was addicted to heroin. So that's a lot different than my father wanting to have a drink after work here and there. Um but it didn't take away from him as a man either. He, it wasn't. Um, he, he, in my opinion, from what I saw growing up, he was a good provider until he couldn't provide no more. And even then, he rectified the problem. He went and got clean, and he was clean for many years until he passed away. He didn't pass away because he relapsed. He didn't pass away because he overdosed on a, on a hot shot and, and decided to shoot up again. No, he, he died because he caught a tumor, and that was what happened. And so it took him out, but he was clean. He, found, he went back to school, became a a chef, and was working for one of the major resorts in Puerto Rico. He showed his sons, his daughters, his wife, his family, that even through the midst of the darkness that he was in, he was able to come out on the other side and be successful. Same thing with marriages and relationships. People want what my parents have, what, what 45 years of marriage almost. They want that. Oh, man, you know, I wish I could be with a person that long. But you can't be with a person that long if you're going into the relationship with an exit strategy the whole time. If divorce is what your aim, if, if divorce is your escape, 
And that's the answer to the problems that you're never going to make it to the problem where you're at. You're not. Because that's not what I saw. Yeah, did my father move out at times and get a place for a month or two because things got crazy? Yeah, he did. Did my mom, my dad fight? Yeah, they did. It wasn't perfect all the time. If I sat here and say, oh, my God, my life was so awesome. They never had an argument. They just, you know, it was all lovey-dovey. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's a lie. You know, people from the outside saw 2692 like, oh, it's perfect in there. You know, Frank has both parents. Frankie and, Ava, and Madi, I'm saying Ava. And Madi have both parents in the house. Both parents work. Their money's great. They have this house. They have a car or two. They're living the dream. Yeah, but people didn't know sometimes that what it took to make that dream work. They didn't see the fights, the arguments, the 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 lack of money here and there, the the not having a phone for years and having to try to go Mac to girl on a, on a pay phone because we didn't have a phone in the house. And for you new kids, a payphone is this thing that was on the corner and you put money, you paid to use the phone. So it was like 25 cents to start the phone call. And then I think it was five cents for every two minutes after that. So just imagine trying to have an hour conversation with someone. You had to constantly get changed to use the phone. Um, You know, no central AC. We have AC in every floor. We had them in certain rooms. Uh. You know, just different things going on. And, and nobody saw that, though. What they saw was the image of, oh, they got this house. His mom's a social worker. His dad works. They got both parents in the household. He has a Sky pager. When my sister got older, Nextel was a thing. She had a Nextel. You know, they, they got cars. Um, they're living the, the life. But, you know, because other people lived in an apartment, maybe didn't have both parents in the household. So to them, is oh, the situation is better. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that my situation was horrible compared to others. I had it very well. I, I was better off than most, okay? But what I'm saying is that the perception of what you see on the outside ain't what's going on in the inside. Same thing in relationships nowadays. You know, people, people want what people don't have. But the people don't realize that to have what you don't have, to want it and have it, it's two different things, and to maintain it is something completely different. Completely different. You know, people look at my parents and say, damn, Frank, your parents been together forever. I want that. But then yet, the, at the first sign of adversity, oh, I, nah, I can't do it. That's not, I can't put up with it. That's crazy, you know? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put up with the disrespect. I'm not going to put up with this. I'm not going to put up with that. I want to be selfish. I want it to be about me. I, I want I want my life to be this. You know, I deserve this. But when you marry somebody, it's no longer you. It's a we thing. When you're in a relationship, whether you know you're married or not, it's for better or for worse, my man. It's it's not, there's no exit plan. There's a reason why when you people go to SEAL training and they give up, it's because mentally they already allow themselves to give up. So what mentally they allowed, the body will follow. I, I was watching something. I was not watching. I read something on Facebook, and I wish I would have screenshot it, but I didn't know I was going to record today, and it was really an impromptu session. But it says something about Bruce Lee quotes when he says something about you shouldn't joke yourself. You shouldn't say bad things about yourself, even in jest and joking, because the mind and the body doesn't know that it's a joke and it's going to react to it. Well, the minute you go into anything, a work, a job, a relationship, a friendship, a marriage, and you say there's an exit plan, I can leave if things get worse, then when things get worse, you're going to automatically leave. 
And like I mentioned, you also have the power of choice. We're human. We make mistakes. I get it. But when you sit here and you decide to make a situation worse because you're hurt, you're in your feelings, then you got to own that. You have to, you have to own it. And you have to admit that, man, listen, I, I, maybe I just didn't do what I should have did. You know, one thing I love when people tell me is, oh, Frank, I want people to treat me how I would treat them. Do one to others you want done to you. And I feel like that's the hardest thing to do for some. But yet you want everybody to do it for you. It, it's, it's like you want the world, but you're not willing to put the work in to have the world. And when you get the world, you're not maintaining it. Who said it was going to be easy when you got this gift, when you got this situation? You know, some people say, I want this dream job. I want to be a manager here. I want to be the person in charge of this company. And you finally get there. And guess what? Nobody told you about what was going to come with that. All you saw was the glitz and glamour. You saw the the, the paycheck, the, maybe the the good parking spot, the, the, the oh, you know, the lab, the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The perks that come with it. But you don't realize that there's some work that has to come with it. You know, my parents, they're not perfect by no means. And 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 one thing I give my mother uh, a lot of credit is that she has this thing where she can be forgiving. She can be accountable for what she did and didn't do. Example is, uh, my dad cheated once. He told my mother. My mother got mad. You know, he left the house for a while. Obviously, she was hurt, rightfully so. My father felt shame. Um, my mom said one day in a conversation, as I got older, that I could understand. I couldn't understand it when it happened. I was less than 10 years old. So all I saw was my mom and my dad fighting. I hear my mom crying. My dad's not in the house. So I asked my mom, do you still love him? She goes, of course I do. I said, okay. So years later, my mom tells me that in order to forgive him, because she had to forgive him for her, not for him, she also had to look at where the marriage was when this took place. And it's not to excuse what he did. He was wrong. Nobody's saying, oh, he was justified in his actions. No, he was wrong. He was wrong. But she had to also look at what she wasn't doing in the relationship, what she wasn't providing. At the time, my father was running a liquor store after working in the Diamond District. My mom was working two jobs. They barely saw each other. They weren't communicating. They wasn't connecting. They weren't giving each other love they need. So they left the door open for the evil to come in and, and start brewing, for temptation to settle in and give you a reason to want to go somewhere. Again, it's easier for us to do wrong than it is to do right. It's easier for us to give into temptation than to fight it. It's easier for us to say, oh, I'm just going to go do this because I'm not getting this. Then sit there and be righteous, even when you're not getting what you're supposed to get, even though when things aren't going your way, to sit there and keep turning that cheek. If we can't do that because that's a sign of weakness, but those that do do it, 
they can hold their head up high and say, you know what, despite what was thrown with me, I never folded. I never lost my character. I am who I am. And I never compromised my morals for nobody. And I'm that. And I can't say I've ever done that because I've made my mistakes. So I, I'm, I am envious of those people that can do that. See, my mom chose not to do that. And she chose to admit what she could have did better, not to excuse his actions, but to say that it takes two to make a relationship work. And it takes two to make it go bad. So much I see on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, everything, all these relationships. I want this marriage. I want these trips. You know, I love I love when the girl goes, uh, uh, I'm on TikTok and I sometimes go down a rabbit hole and you see the girl saying, oh, my, my boyfriend today um, blindfolded me and took me to an airport and we got on a plane for 18 hours. And we ended up in Thailand and oh my God, it's so beautiful and all this other stuff. And then I'm like thinking to myself, that's cute. But you telling me that if you work, your husband just told you to pack a bag, get on a plane without taking time off from work or nothing, blindfolded you and took you to 18 hour flight to another country. And oh, you're just so surprised. No, I'm pretty sure you knew you was going somewhere else because you had to take time off from work. But if you don't work, that's great. But somebody works because somebody had to pay for the trip. But see, people get wrapped up in what they're being sold and they don't look at what's really true and then everybody wants it. Yo, nothing's easy. Nothing's easy. My relationships, work relationships, I mean, just anything, anything in life that's worth it is not going to come easy. I didn't do 26 years in the Navy come September. When I retire, and my retirement ceremony isn't exactly... Uh, 59 days after that, I have another, what, 22 days left in the Navy. So I'm at 81 days total. But still, when I retired 26 years in the game, it didn't come easy. My life wasn't, oh, my career wasn't the peachy king. You know, oh my God, he had it easy. He never went cranking. He never dealt with this. He never had nobody hate. You never know. It, it came with something, but everything that's worth fighting for, anything that's worth it is worth fighting for. Anything that's going to make you better is not going to come easy. And that's the same thing with relationships and your marriage and your home and your relationship with your children. It's not that easy. Sometimes we're the parents and we got to, you know, be the bigger person. And there's sometimes that our kids are the bigger person. And that's when we should learn from the lessons, because obviously we did something right through that time that our own child is now being the teacher and we're being the student. Excuse me. Like I said, Nothing comes easy. Everything comes with work. You don't get to become president of the United States by just showing up. You don't get to become a Jay-Z and have, you know, be worth over $2 billion by yourself by just coming in the rap game and dropping albums. Uh, uh, you don't get to have a marriage of 50 plus years because you just woke up and said, I do, and that's it. And and because you believe in God and because you leave it in God's hand, nothing's going to ever get in the way. Are you crazy? We're human. We change. Things change. Things aren't the same no more. We don't we don't look at things. Hell, what tickled your wife at 18 is not going to tickle her at 40. What made you feel like a man at, at 20, 21, 18, whenever y'all guys met, isn't going to be the same thing at 40. We, we sometimes forget that growth is part of who we are. Development, uh, uh, improvements, and those improvements change who we are at times. And when you're in a relationship, you got to change with the person. You got to grow together or you're going to outgrow each other. 
But you don't get to that time. You don't get to that stage. You don't get to having 50 years, 30 plus years of marriage. Hell, even 20 years of marriage. Hell, nowadays, if you make it to 10 years, you're lucky. By having that divorce word in the back of your mind, by having the thought of I can always find somebody better, I can do better by myself, and I don't need you. When I just gave you an example of my uncle being a hernag for over 20 years, and his wife did not work. He worked. And for as long as they were together, that woman stuck by his side. And he wasn't shooting up heroin now. He's shooting up heroin in the 80s, 70s, 90s, when AIDS was rampant, mugs was sharing needles. You know, he she stuck by him. Gave him two sons. He raised four kids total. Never left him until he died. Until he died, she went about her life. That's what that's about. And yeah, some people might look at her, oh, she's a sucker. She's weak. She doesn't go out there and get a job. She's a one of weak women, depending on a man. No, no, not at all. Because he wasn't strong enough to support, she's still stuck by him. She created a home that she took care of, raised four kids, and helped them struggle through his struggle. That's what that's about. It's never giving up. It's never. I'm not saying you got to deal with disrespect or adultery or constant abuse or whatever. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, though, there comes a time that you have to, if you want the things that look good, you got to fight for it sometimes. And if we're just going to walk away from things because they got hard, then we can't expect to have the things that are good. Relationships ain't easy. Maintaining a marriage ain't easy. Being a parent isn't easy. Friendships isn't easy. Maintaining a job isn't easy. But the minute that we have, we go into a situation with an exit strategy, then we, we're preparing ourselves for it to fail. And what, what we're doing is we're allowing it to fail instead of us fighting for it not to fail. You know? I tell my wife all the time, I'll never leave her. She'll leave me before I leave her. Call me a sucker. Say, oh, Frank, you're soft. you stupid. How can that be? Because when I married her, I didn't marry her to leave. Then I made my mistakes. Listen, I've cheated. I've, I've, I've disrespected my wife um, with other women. Um, I've lied, you know? to cover up my own shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, I've betrayed her trust. I've hurt her. I didn't value her when I should have. I didn't make her feel protected like a queen. That's true. That's all true. I've apologized. I've, you know, prayed about it, asked for forgiveness, and I've tried to improve. But nobody's ever heard me say, I don't want to be with my wife and I don't love her and I don't want to stay. Nobody's ever said, I'm getting rid of her. No. If anything, I forgive her because of what I've done. Because I didn't value it like I should have when we started out. Because there's things I've done to cause her hurt that's going to hurt hurt people with unresolved issues hurt people. And I had unresolved stuff and I hurt her. And in turn, she did things to hurt me. 
And then we separated for five years. And then we get back together and we're still trying to figure it out. Um, but we, the whole point is not to give up. The whole point is that's your wife, that's your husband, you fight for it. Who cares what anybody got to say? The crowd noise is funny. It's real funny what these people out here say. The singles, you know, the ones that tell you life is great because I don't, I can sleep wherever I want to sleep with. I can go home whenever I want. I can do whatever I want. But then when they're laying in their bed at nighttime and they want to snuggle or cuddle up to somebody they can't, when they want to go do something meaningful with somebody they can't, when they sit in there wishing they had a partner that's going to go through the struggle with them, they don't. But those be the first ones to tell you, hey, come join this team. Come to this side. It's, it's dope over here. I don't got an answer to nobody, Frank. You know, I, I could sleep with whoever I want to sleep with. And I'm good. Until you're not. Until lights go off. Until something meaningful happens and you feel like, man, I wish I had somebody to share it with. Instead of some unsignificant thing that I do just to make me feel better for that brief moment that I'm doing it. People don't get to where we get to. My, what my parents have, what my wife's parents or stepdad and mom have, what certain people have in life without going through the struggle, without fighting consistently, without growing, without having conversations, without take that, take that mindset out, take it out. Even with a job, oh, well, this doesn't work. I could find another one. Well, you're never going to make it work because you already made it in your mind that if it doesn't work, you can find another one. Oh, if this car ain't good. I'll just trade and get another one. If, if you know, friends, oh, fuck it, I'm out. They're not going to support me, I'm out. It's not about that. I, I, I don't want yes men around me. I want people that's going to tell me I'm wrong and people tell me I'm right. I want people to tell me, yo, you need help with this. I got you, but guess what? You, you off path on this one, fam. I can't support it. Then the yes men, everything I do, everything I say, they laugh at, they think it's cool, it's funny, and they support it and they encourage it. Because what that's leading me down is a path I don't need. I need sometimes people to tell me, yo, I'm wrong. Same thing with marriages, bro. Your partner should tell you when you're wrong. It's not your partner's job to encourage you every single step of the way and make you feel like whatever you're doing is right because it's not. You know. So I guess the title to this episode is Take Away the Option of an Out. So all you have is the option of an in. Take away the divorce word, the I can find another job, I could just make new friends. Because at the end of the day, the minute you allow yourself to think that you can do better or find something better because you don't want to put the work in to make it work, it's going to fail every time. Every time. And, and it's just a matter of time. My wife says something to me. She goes, I want to be in a state of maintenance and not always in a state of healing. Well, you can't get to the state of healing of maintenance if you don't get past the state of healing. It's not going to happen. A car breaks down, you got to fix it in order to get to the place of maintaining it. Clearly, we didn't do what you had to do to maintain it so it can stay good. So now you got to rebuild it. That's part of not doing the job of what you're supposed to do to make this engine, this well, this, this engine run automatically for the gears to turn, oiling it up, you know, everything that goes with it. The minute you stop doing one and it breaks down, you got to fix it again. Got to heal it to get to a state of maintenance. 
So in closing, our friends, family, listeners, in order to get to where you want to be, especially in a relationship and you want these years of success, is you have to understand that not every day is going to be great and not every day is going to be bad and that we just can't give up at the first sign or second sign or third sign or fourth sign of adversity. Because guess what? We're not human. I mean, we're human. We're not, we're not, we're not without sin. We're not without flaws. We're going to make mistakes. And I just gave you three different examples of people that made it work until one person died and they moved on. And fortunately, for me, both my parents are alive, so they're still kicking and pushing. But my uncle Edwin passed away in 2001. My uncle Pablo passed away a couple of years after from a tumor. But both those wives gave it everything they had and said they couldn't give it no more. That's not weakness. That's love. That's fight. That's courage. That's determination. That's not giving up. So I hope this helps somebody else out there. You know, help me out to get off my chest. But uh, don't give up. Not when you want something bad. Keep pushing until you can't push no more. But you got to take the option out. Because once you put that thought in, you plant that seed of an option out, you're always going to go back to it. Thank you for this. listening. This is Frank's Unsolicited Advice. Please like, share, subscribe, and you know, leave a comment. Let me know what I can do better. God bless.